back to the crow's nest. Today we're going to be talking to Maeve Crown, who until recently was a volunteer at the Guelph Urban Organic Farm, also called the Guelph Center for Urban Organic Farming. And the farm is currently the subject of one of, I think, a few University of Guelph controversies at the moment. This one resulting from an incident that happened on campus recently that ended with an alleged assault by the University of Guelph campus police against a volunteer as a result of new management having come in to the farm and um, making changes without notifying the volunteers that were um, working on the farm. So we're going to talk to Maeve about that and hear about the situation that led to the incident, as well as why it's an important story to tell. Let's talk to Maeve about that. Hi, Maeve. Hello. Welcome to the Crow's Nest. Thank How you. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Amazing. Thank you. So you are one of the students who volunteers at the organic farm on campus, correct? Correct. Yes, I am. How long have you been volunteering there? Probably been over about a year and a half now since I first visited. And I remember first hearing about it from a friend of mine who had been going for a long time. And they were. T- I was told... Just uh, come on by. Uh, there's specific volunteer times. There's a lot of a lot of flexibility in what you're able to learn about and be taught by the people that are there. Um, it's really welcoming. And I remember the first time I actually ever visited it. Karen Hole, the the woman who was uh, coordinating volunteers, welcomed me and just said, "This this farm is for you. This is for students. This is for the community. Everyone's welcome." Which was kind of incredible to just walk on and feel like this space somewhere you could you, you belonged and you felt you felt safe going to that's amazing that sounds really lovely to have on campus can you tell me about the history of the farm at all sure basically for the history from my own perspective because i'm very new to the farm i can i can only speak what i know to be fact the guelph center for urban organic farming or they call it gcuof um, it was established by the oac the ontario agricultural college um, for the university 11 years ago and has institutional oversight with plant agriculture. Um, so that's who manages the space and kind of has uh, control over it. And for a long time, it kind of slowly grew into this great space for everyone to be involved uh, rather than just the Ontario Agricultural College and its students, which was great. And it saw different classrooms coming in, um, people from the community, different stakeholders, like even local businesses. Um, coming to ask for certain crops to be grown so that they could purchase it for their business. But in the past year and a half, it, it has seen a lot of a lot of change. This scene with uh, the school had proposed originally to a honeybee research facility on top of a portion of the land, not the entire farm, but uh, a very significant portion. Sorry um, to interrupt you. That oh, doesn't yeah. the university already have a bee research facility? It did. It was looking to expand this research facility, and it is my understanding that what uh, the school stated was the original space actually would be kind of encroaching on wetlands if it were to grow this area of the facility, so they were looking for a new spot. But students actually lobbied quite strongly, as well as the current management of the farm, in hoping and asking the university not to do this because the space was already huge habitat for, for wild bees, so you can see why it was kind of not a great idea in some perspectives to, to build on this space as well as the fact that the land is so fertile and just had, has not been developed on before that. Yeah, I remember when um, when the university, when the when it started floating around, the university might be, might be closing the farm or doing something else with the land. And, and there was a lot 
of action on campus about it. Oh yes, there is definitely um, a lot of a lot of confusion with that decision, but it actually uh, helped stem in the direction of creating a, a referendum, which was enacted in March 2019. And this was a call for a fee to be implemented for every undergraduate student's tuition, allocating a single dollar. So there was a vote to add this single dollar to their tuition, and this would go towards the farm for, for 10 years. So that goes towards a bank account that is for the farm. And then that money is allocated in actually what we are not sure of currently is uh, where, where that money will be going and the university is realizing that the referendum is missing important uh, information on exactly the structure of, of how this capital can be used for the farm. Really, the university no longer, like it was originally established by the OAC, but now technically the students, the CSA runs it? The CSA does not run it, but CSA was what held the referendum for this fee to begin. Therefore, it is still under the control of OAC with oversight of plant agriculture. But one could argue that undergraduate students have a major stake in the farm now because it is, and not just a certain area of students, but all undergraduate students of, under every faculty are um, somewhat invested through this, this, this money. So there's currently been a huge shift in management, um, mm -hmm. whereas before there was a farm manager who ran basically the entire farm, which is a very large um, position and a lot of work, which um, was done beautifully. However, now the school has actually kind of created this new faculty overseer position, which has been given to a new person. And this person has decided to now have a farm manager underneath them. And the faculty overseer's job will be more to organize and search for grants and um, more money to funnel into the farm um, to, to continue expanding. So as opposed to the farm manager actually running the farm, now there's a university-appointed person who handles the sort of financial aspect, the funding part of the farm, and then that person hires someone to be a farm manager? Yes. Um, I'm not, I can't speak to the exact um, job description of the faculty overseer. Currently, um, this division of power is what's to be established. However, the farm manager position, up to our knowledge of the present, has not been filled yet, which is um, kind, of, kind of imperative at this time. I can't speak to what's happening on the farm since the shift because there have been um, large changes in volunteer interaction. But um, the farm manager, to my understanding, should be implemented as soon as possible to begin um, continuing growing because this is such an important time, as well as the fact that there is um, food that is ready to be harvested as soon as this next week. Food that you planted this year? Yes. And the faculty overseer hadn't before this uh, shift come to the farm and, and yes, been that's... a part of any of the, the agriculture, any of the crop growing that's going on right now? Yes, so I can speak to what happened once once the COVID measures actually um, were implemented and the school was shut down. Um, uh, the previous volunteer had felt very strongly that, especially in a time such as a pandemic where there's job loss and food insecurity, as there always is, and um, a need from the community in, in alternative ways, especially, with so many changes that um, the school had a responsibility to continue growing. So a very small group of volunteers had decided that now was the time as good as any to begin growing because it was that 
that key time at the beginning of spring where weeds need to be pulled before you, you plant your seed and care for the perennials that are needing help with seeding. And the volunteer organizer had decided that this could be done in a way that's efficient and careful and follows a very strict procedures in health measures, as in um, everyone wore gloves and masks. And there was never really over a certain number of people that were present. And these people would always be extremely spaced out to different areas of the farm, filling out positions that they felt were, were meeting their, their own need for the day. So if somebody mm -hmm. had uh, a sore back or even I know there was days where I walked in and I just, you know, there's so many changes. You lose your job and you're not going to school and you're spending more time indoors that you just it definitely took a toll on everyone's mental health, at least from my understanding. So I would walk in and say, I'm not feeling OK today. I might need to just be completely as far away from everyone and just be set up with a task that I can focus on and get my mind off things. And then I would be given something that would fit that, which was really lovely. Mm -hmm. And then the land was tended to when it could have been left to just kind of weed over and not be used um, for such a time. But that was also during the time that um, community gardens were not considered essential. So this was honestly a large risk um, on our parts to be entering the school facilities and doing so. But our, our volunteer organizer was doing an incredible job working with local decision makers to, to to call for this shift in policy and ask for these gardens to become essential because they are and there are safe ways to continue growing in ways that you know don't don't place people at any higher risks of, of spreading this crazy virus um, and luckily it was passed so now uh, community gardens are free to open again and that was what led to the new management coming back in and starting their plans for for the future. When Doug Ford announced that um, that the essential services that were going to be able to stay open at the beginning of all this and the fact that community gardens and weren't a part of that, um, a lot of people that I know within um, different nonprofits, because mm -hmm. community gardens are absolutely like so essential. Definitely in the present, there's been um, more interest to to shift the farm and to to change how it was previously managed, whether that be good or bad. Mm -hmm. um, and they also, there was never a time that it was fully being lobbied to to be shut down. It was just that the development would, would be covering over half the land, which, as you know, essentially is very similar because they would have half their crop, half the space to use. That, that would make for a huge change, but definitely taking a new direction. And the most recent concern isn't necessarily that the school is not expanding or, or putting time and energy into the farm, because they definitely have been since the implementation of the referendum, because that means money is going into it. However, the setup has changed drastically, uh, specifically in, say, you know, this time last year, you could... Um, community member or student alike, whether you're a PhD student, undergraduate, um, a student from another school, you would be welcome to come during volunteer hours, which would be walk on, you show up, um, someone who has uh, some kind of authority or organizational structure would tell you what needs to be done and uh, help you if you had never done it before. And that was the way it always was. Um, however, and unfortunately, what has been newly implemented is a required resume and application process to become a volunteer, which is concerning to many students because this this 
poses for barriers in whether or not you are well-versed in the world of agriculture, or maybe you're just wanting to learn about it. Um, we don't really know what this resume process is now implemented for, whether they're trying to, um, you know, isolate certain groups of people from being able to come to the farm because it might take longer to, to show certain people from different um, knowledge backgrounds how to do things. But that was kind of the beauty of the farm before this, a welcoming place, as I was told, for all students to come and learn. So that's been a major shift. And this was actually what led to most recent events where there was an actual assault on campus um, because of these measures. So that that's something that we are all very confused about at the very least. Yeah, let's... there's only so much we can talk about just because there are ongoing investigations on both sides of the situation. But I know that there has been a lot of outcry at the, t- the treatment of the volunteer mm-hmm. um, by the university and a lot of questions on the how the situation came to be. So I would like to get into that a little bit. When the volunteer process changed, and the new, um, um, when the faculty overseers actively stepped into his role and began managing the farm, was there any communication to the current volunteers that had been showing up? There was not actually. The um, that was a huge uh, gap in in communication was apparently that the farm had now switched to uh, private property, which it had always been open to the public as it was connected to the arboretum, which is something that anyone can walk through within certain circumstances because things have changed with COVID. Three months ago, it was available to the public. So that was the first change was now this is private property, which was just kind of strange. And I'm not sure the details behind that, but no volunteer was told about this. Then um, the resume application process was also something that was not made aware to any of the previous volunteers, which was at the time active volunteers that were rotating over 20 people. Um, but then beyond that, I can't even I can't even begin to describe the numbers of people who have volunteered in the past, whether it be once or over and over again. Um, none of these people were reached out to, and I believe that the names of these people might have been asked for, but um, I don't think it sat right with the the previous volunteer coordinator to just hand names over. So instead, we were given the email of this person to uh, reach out to if we did want to continue volunteering. But um, this was without any knowledge that we would then be needing resume or that the space was now private. So there was absolutely no indication of really any major changes other than people that were. And there was a precedent of communication before, like um, volunteers during the COVID. We were calling it Farmageddon. Farmageddon, <laughs> yeah. During Farmageddon, which, which could you explain what why you chose Farmageddon? This was just kind of trying to encompass the idea that we were going to continue growing and trying to provide food for the community or for students, despite all the the chaos that was happening and despite the the big changes that were coming with the university. This was because the faculty overseer was awarded their position. And I say awarded because from our understanding, there was no advertisement for this position available. This was something that decided upon by the OAC. So once this position was given and there is now still the vacant position of farm manager that has also not been seen to be up on any application job sites at all. So we're not sure what the process is for this person either, although there is the hiring committee that will need to be consulted, which does have the single student seat. 
we were under the radar prior to this because um, we were awaiting the policy change in community gardens to open up. And um, I will say the work that was coming out of Guelph was, can be considered a direct result of the work and writing um, by Karen Houle and her work with local decision makers, as I had mentioned. So um, we were under the radar, but one of our final days of working on Friday, the new faculty overseer had actually come to visit to meet the volunteers and to um, kind of introduce themselves in a way. And there would be lessons in the midst of our, um, our work on the farm because sometimes it would be nice to take a different direction and learn about something rather than um, all work individually, but we were completely spaced out and sitting with our roommates or family members that we had come to the farm with. So this person introduced themselves and made themselves known, but in this moment did not communicate any of the changes that were coming, which included the resume now required, as well as the now shift to having the farm be considered private property, which Perhaps it was, um, to my understanding, but the way that the structure had set it up for before was that community members, students, as I said, could walk on um, during volunteer hours at any time. That was just something we had absolutely no no notice for whatsoever. And I remember even checking to see once once this person had taken over their authority that if the, the website would be changing or if there's any new information and nothing was posted about these new regulations. So uh, the, the incident with the volunteer um, mm -hmm. involved campus police. Did you ever have any other prior interactions with campus police or was this the first time? No, this was through my own experiences and perspectives of um, going to the farm in the past. Uh, there was never any need for campus police to be on the space because it was always just a you know a safe community space that invited everyone so yeah and you weren't hiding that you were there either right? no, no no we were um you were openly just volunteering at the farm yes and yes. continuing its agenda of food production for the community exactly so once the news was given to us that there had been not only campus police presence on the space but beyond that and altercation that occurred between someone who had been volunteering for a long period of time and a police officer that was just kind of a huge shock to us all, honestly. So this was just a small, tiny revolutionary movement that we we were taking part in that we, we felt really good about at the time. Um, and we did what we could up until the very last moment. People were, were building fences and planting seeds and trying to make the farm as beautiful and loved as it could be when we had the chance. And one major uh, keystone, I think, would be the, the sign that was painted by a volunteer, Alicia, that read, uh, don't panic, grow food and share it safely, which just is something to remember through all of this, that there's, there's so much uncertainty, but it's a, a common need we all share is, is obviously food. And um, it, that's something we need to prioritize when everything else is kind of crumbling. Food is the most important. Literally right now, I'm looking at like the the city's application for the Smart Cities Challenge. Um, mm -hmm. And so we were in our, we're the, in the top 10 finalists for the Smart Cities, which is a $10 million for the city toward first technology enabled circular food economy. 
reimagining an inclusive food secure ecosystem that increases access to affordable nutritious food by 50% where waste becomes a resource 50 new circular businesses and collaborations are created and circular economic revenues are increased by 50% 50 times 50 times 50 by 2025 mm-hmm. so that seems pretty obvious that at least the city of Guelph is really uh, trying to focus their gaze on um, making sure that, that the community has access to good, nutritious food. And um, you would think that a huge infrastructure like the University of Guelph, if the city is has this focus, that the university would have these complementary values. They actually made a, a statement um, April 2nd, so this was amidst COVID, stating that they are focusing on food security for students Um, They want to contribute to the community during pandemic. And this kind of outlined, I think it was hospitality services. It says they donated $32,000 worth of food. The university has a food security working group of students, but none of this mentions this huge, beautiful space that is actually meant for growing food. Exactly. And in the past year alone, the farm sold over $10,000 of organic produce to hospitality services, to students in a sliding scale Thursday markets, um, as well as donations to the food bank. And we've just been um, informed by the new management that these are uncertain and we really don't know uh, if these will be available due to COVID. But um, I think that we all know there are all kinds of ways communities can get together and and move around this um, oh absolutely i mean that's that's the entire entire point you know we have programs like meredith sweeney and, and backyard caring within the tool library showing people how to run their own victory gardens and box gardens <laughs> and have chickens in their backyard they're not prioritizing this this time of need for the community which i think is the biggest takeaway is that prior to this management shift there was a a huge um idea in the works that is still um, going to try to be implemented in its own way without the help of the the farm because we can no longer um, openly visit and use the space um, uh, at the time was actually paying out of pocket and also through donations and different groups with the university growing seeds and had had a whole plan for the summer of what would be planted. But because of this change and that she was relieved of her position of volunteer organizer is what she was told she obviously had all this all these seeds that were sitting in a greenhouse and these these plants already growing that Mm -hmm. needed a space to go so this is actually our current our current um plan of action is focusing on getting those to good homes which is going to be happening um this weekend actually she's she's working really hard to figure out the best way to get them safely to different people and to create a plant sale but they, they need to be planted or else all these plants that we had originally planned to be selling in markets, either drive through or, you know, pick up window times that we're now shifting our, our, our plan. We're trying to focus on larger pictures here, which is just what we want the farm to represent, what we, what we believe someone who has the position of faculty overseer should fulfill, which would be far more than just being able to grow vegetables, which extends to having leadership skills, being able to address all kinds of people from different knowledge bases, being able to recognize the gaps that exist in university campus communities and people that are just wanting to learn and might not have the same knowledge as others. Regardless of who has the authority in this moment, the undergraduate students are realizing now more than ever that through this fee that 
all undergraduate students pay that $1 fee from their tuition, they have a stake in the farm and its future. And what currently is set up is a single seat for a student on the hiring committee. But we believe firmly that this needs to become a stakeholder advisory board that maybe has someone from the community because a space that is able to grow food impact Guelph as a whole. It's not just the, the university campus. This is something that can be far more complex in relationship with local food banks, with places like The Seed or, you know, beyond beyond campus, as well as the fact that there needs to be more than a single student that has the authority to decide anything because we can't just have a single student representing the entire of the undergraduate student collective you know there's been discussion of proposing maybe having one student from each faculty because the farm has the potential to have a relationship with each of these faculties just like uh, last semester Diane Borsado had an experimental studio class that would come to the farm every Monday and Wednesday and Friday for the entire fall so they would blend art with agriculture and they also helped advocate for the honeybee research facility to be moved and not developed on this land. So I think it's just trying to ensure that the space doesn't become inherently agricultural based and moving with this and beyond, because of course it, it has to do with gardening. And of course we need people who know how to grow tomatoes, but for it to benefit everyone, it really needs to recognize the needs and learning opportunities for all kinds of different areas. Do you know what the the faculty overseer and and the new the new plan for the farm is? So we've actually, on behalf of the undergraduate students, um, collectively c- compiled a few concerns that we thought were um, quite important to mention um, to the new faculty overseer and bring forward. So we did email them and receive a reply. Um, However, the replies that we have received have been quite vague and haven't really addressed many of the questions. And I can give a a few kind of examples of these concerns that we do have going forward that we really hope the farm would maintain. Just like two or three concerns that the students had that were emailed. So this was um, whether or not the farm will work to uphold food security systems that they once um, served such as the food bank and the donations that were, were made, as well as um, low-cost fresh produce to the community. Um, how will uh, they work to integrate mental health and um, well-being into student practices? So this was, a, I would say, indirect, however, very important facet to the farm prior. This was something that there was a lot of checking in with volunteers and making sure that the position or job you were given was something that felt fitting for you at the time, like I told you my experience. And then finally, ensuring protection from land from future development, as well as upholding Indigenous and First Nations significance to the land beyond just a statement, because we know that that's something that is uh, well-practiced with the university, but we want, you know, active involvement just as an example being our previous work where we had actually begun establishing a three sisters bed for bean squash and corn, as well as an art box that was recognizing individuals who once held the land, seeds, and like the historical context to agriculture as a whole. So these are all things that we think a space like that, that is supposed to be um, embodying and representing an entire university should prioritize. And we haven't really had, we do understand that there is like extensive 
agricultural background in this in this new person in their position. So at the surface level, the farm will have a capable and experienced hands with the plants. But as I said, there are concerns that extend beyond agriculture and must be recognized. First Farm has definitely sent a, set a precedent of being a community-involved space and um, for them to pull the rug out on that. Um, hope for the best for the future of the farm and the undergraduate students as well as friends of the farm are uh, working now more than ever to ensure that uh, this is maintained and the magic of the farm can stay um, and extend beyond different uh, hands of, of control. Now, you, you personally, I know, have been doing an incredible amount of work for the farm, um, and both behind the scenes and in the dirt. Um, with these new changes, are you going to continue your, your uh, volunteering? Um, for the time being, I'm going to say a tentative no for now because of recent events and not being certain that it truly is safe to visit. I'm certain that if I follow through with the resume application process that that might increase my chances of having a, I suppose, safe interaction with the space now. But I also don't know if I agree with the implementation of this. I don't know that anything other than the fact that you are a student and are willing to learn should be required for someone who comes to volunteer, especially um, the fact that before this, even community members were welcome. So right now, what we're just focusing on is is um, research and writing and making sure that going forward, there's more student involvement in decisions that regard the farm. Hoping that, like I said, the concerns that we currently have are addressed. For the, for the average person who might be listening, um, who might not know about the situation on the farm or might not have ever considered its its uh, community impact. There's no nice way to say this, but like, why should they care? So why you should care about the farm and spaces like the farm if you might be very far away and this is not something that would directly impact you. The farm embodies community for me. Um, it's a space that welcomes and benefits from the most diversity in backgrounds and age and focus of study or work. I think the more individuals have that are different from each other, the more we can all learn as we're collectively working towards something that's so inherent to humans and our needs, which alone is so important to know, especially the fact that the farm is certified organic, very special, because this is showing that that you can achieve low cost and healthy and local food that doesn't need to be, you know, factory farming or using intensive fertilizers. So all I can speak to is the fact that it's just this space that welcomes everyone and it's somewhere where I've learned more than I could ever have learned elsewhere. And this overall idea that I want to protect and knowing that it's uh, something different for each person who visits. If anyone hearing the story of the farm is moved, is there something that they can do? Yes, and even if um, they don't want to contact directly or be part of any of the kind of administration efforts that we're currently embarking on, um, probably the biggest thing that we really, really, really are stressing right now is finding good homes for those those very special seedlings and, and plants that had been previously grown ready to go into the farm's space. So um, keep an eye out, keep your eyes out for the upcoming seedling and plant sale. Um, these plants need to be watered. They need to be 
planted, they need to be loved. That's the biggest way to help right now because if you have the space to grow food, you should. And then beyond that, the biggest reason we're doing this this sale is to contribute to the volunteer that was put into this difficult position and that was honestly faced a large amount of injustice. So if not for you, for this person and so support you with a seed sale coming up where can uh, where can we find out about the seed sale do you have a facebook group yes um it will be posted on the friends of the farm page which is the open uh page that was once for the protection of the farm from the honeybee research facility you can also contact me via email if you would like or karen cool um because uh and she's the one that has been making sure those seeds are being cared for Thank you so much, May, for coming on. Thank you for having me again. It was really great talking to you, and I'm really sorry about everything that's been going on on the farm and that you haven't been getting the support uh, from the university that you guys really deserve because you are putting yourself at risk out there to do essential work of feeding the community and really made it uh, quite a nice niche for itself in in Guelph's community, and they really they support um, a lot of other organizations and support the uh, the cultivation of knowledge around agriculture and growing which i think is incredibly important so i really feel for you guys that and i hope that the farm has really better times ahead and that the the student body gets more of a say in um what's going on especially since they're the ones that are now funding it i hope so too well, we'll see you out in the fields maybe thank you and i'd like to thank you for staying to listen um i think this is an important story to tell i know that originally a lot of people were interested in it because of the way that it ended with an alleged assault on campus. That's that's a pretty big deal. But I think even bigger than that is the story of universities um, portraying themselves as entirely institutions for higher learning when a significant portion of their existence is as a business. I think that universities in general, and I think that the University of Guelph is no exception to this, that they use that business identity to bully their students sometimes. And I don't mean bully as in the university campus is up to get its students, um, but I do think that it forgets that it exists off of the back of them. You know, universities are significantly funded by its students, and while it's not true that they are entirely funded by their students, um, certainly one of the advantages of operating like a business is having the revenue of one, but its values are supposed to or should be focused on the experience of its students. Because the university, um, universities, you know, they aren't luxury items. They are services. You go there for an education, you, they, and they're not just services to their students, they're services to their communities. And when universities, when they take that power, then they wield it by actions like choosing the faculty overseer without properly consulting the student body that is uh, funding, you know, the farm that the faculty overseer is overseeing. And if students say that the university's organic farm is important to them and that they find value in it, that they find sentimental value or educational value or any kind of value in it, especially because the university students, the students have already already spoken up and already fought to keep the farm, um, that the university should put that above the maybe financial value of that land and, and being able to use it for the agriculture college. Because while that certainly might be much more financially profitable, the university would be sacrificing hours of incredibly valuable human experience. I think from this conversation we can see that the fight to to keep the farm accessible and open and community-driven 
might not be over. I hope that listening to Maeve speak on the struggles of the farm and listening to the passion in the way that she she spoke about her experiences there and how much potential the farm has for the community, I really hope that you felt that as well, because I certainly did. If you feel touched, I really encourage you to reach out both to the friends of the farm and maybe to the university to let them know that, that you also find value on the farm and you see the value of such an integral community-led space on a on a university campus.